All right, hey, I think it's a perfect time to kick things off. No more wasting time. Let's get going with things. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, this is the USA Rugby Happy Hour live here on Twitter Spaces. So much, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will. Don't worry, people will start filing in here soon. I'm sure there's a line outside in the street. People are getting their drinks before they sit down in front of the, the stage, as we call the Twitter Spaces. I'm doing my best to paint a picture that doesn't exist. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we've got about an hour to talk USA Rugby. Uh, specifically tonight, we have Rugby Sevens, MLR expansion, and Dispersion draft on topic. So lots to really talk about tonight. Lots of good news. Well, you know, maybe good news to talk about later in the show with our two guests. But for business side, uh, to get updates on further shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. And also, do us a favor. Share the show with your friends, you know, family, teammates, anyone interested in the game. Uh, this is a, a pretty unique show where you get a chance as a fan to ask our guests or us questions. Uh, there's not a lot like that right now. The normal podcasts are, you know, one-on-one interviews and such, but this is a great opportunity for you as a fan to, to come up and uh, have your voice heard or just ask any question, really, of these guys. Uh, they love talking rugby just like uh, myself and, and Fitzy here. And business news, just get this out of the way. Tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm. It's, they are a leader in CBD products. You can save 20% off on your order with discount code Eagles, that's E-A-G-L-E-S, in case you didn't know how to spell Eagles, at myaderm.com, that's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and my co-host is John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Fitzy, how are you? Bill, I'm doing well. Good evening, everyone. I'm excited for this. It's going to be fun tonight. Yeah, man. How, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was filled with rugby. How about you? <laughs> Same here. It's it's always a great weekend, especially when USA wins. You know, and, and I know you were watching the game, too. We texted back, back and forth a little bit. Um, you know, let's just talk about it just for a second. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't think much about it until after the fact, but it was great to see Paul Asike back in a USA uniform. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I got to say, even though it was, you know, 7 a.m. start time for, for, for me, East right. Coast, to watch the match, I got to say, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it was kind of quiet at the house. The kids were still sleeping. I had a little bowl of cereal. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I still made a lot of noise at the TV. My wife still yelled a couple times. What are you yelling at? I'm, I'm yelling at somebody. <laughs> but to your question, you know, you know, I, I was on Reddit and I saw some people on Twitter kind of like picking apart the performance. But from for, for me, overall, it was good just to feel good about a win again. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was a good strong showing, a good good first initial run out there with, with two more to come. So, you know, I just walked out of there feeling real happy about it. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, the beginning of the game reminded me of um, when I went to see USA play the All Blacks in Chicago a number of years ago. Uh, you know, Clever was in the team, those guys back then. Uh, we started off really well. And that's that's how I felt uh, Kenya was doing. And then the All Blacks said, we're the All Blacks. And then in this instance uh usa said you know what no 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 this isn't sevens this is uh you know in 15s where are we gonna beat kenya and they kind of turned it on and and scored 10 tries so i felt good about it at the end which is nice <laughs> well bill it's funny you mentioned that match because i was at that match too in chicago maybe yeah. when uh maybe after a couple of beers i'll tell you about the time i sat in new zealand section and almost got in a, got almost got in a couple of fights because i was an obnoxious american <laughs> but besides that i will say I have to give you a shout out because I hear I see Will just popped in. I've really yeah. been enjoying the other Twitter space that you and Will have been hosting about Repichad Set Go. It's been a lot of fun listening on that as well. Yeah, thank you. It's it's great to have Will's input. I mean, I'm obviously I carry him, uh, <laughs> but 
No, it's great to have that player's perspective, and and he's re- he's really good with it. I mean, we can get him later to maybe chime in, but hell of an interviewer, and and uh, I'd love to see him doing more of this, not just in spaces, but maybe on a sideline somewhere on a booth. I think he'll be great at that, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Yeah, another thing also, um, I got my pint, um, Fitzy. I got my pint of beer actually. <laughs> You're talking ice cream. There could be trouble. I, I could disappear for about twenty minutes. Who knows? <laughs> Bill, what's your favorite? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I've got to ask first. Oh, oh, it's Rocky Road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rocky Road is good. I always get crap for this, but my favorite, hands down, mint chocolate chip, and it's got to be the green. That's the best yeah. ice cream. I'm there with you. <laughs> and one more thing I want to ask you about before we move on to our, our first guest. Um, speaking of Chicago, I'm actually pretty excited about Chicago getting an MLR expansion team, despite maybe what's going on be, uh, prior. Yeah, I think uh, great rugby town, great city to begin with. Chicago is such a great city, good food, good beer. Um, yeah, winters are a little rough, but you know, yeah. those, those two months when there's summer there is fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, optimistic about what happens, uh, you know, the ownership groups, a lot of details lacking there, but you know, if two teams are out and one's back in and it's a balanced schedule for the 2023 season, you know, you got to think, um, that's good news. So, you know, wait and see, but, um, I'm curious what this team's name is going to be. That's the biggest thing for me. Oh, I haven't even thought about that. The, what the dirty rivers? I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, I, I get Chicago getting a team. I think it's easy to get to. Also, it's not very expensive to fly to Chicago from anywhere in the country. So, if your home team was playing an away game and you wanted to get away to Chicago, I mean, plenty of hotels. Uh, who knows where they're going to play? I know. Um, I also saw USA play the Maori out there at what Toyota, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of places for them. So, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good chan- a plan. So, hopefully, it all works out and um, and that. So. So with that said, Fitzy, let's move on. Let's get on to our first guest. I don't know how to say it. He's He's been selected to uh, the Dream Team a number of times. I cannot wait to ask him how cool it was to play with Larry Bird and Magic. Oh, wait. Wait, not that Dream Team. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Please welcome you, Seven Star, Stephen Thomasine. How are you? Good, guys. Good. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure being on the show. So how how is it playing with Larry Bird and no, I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm a little shorter I'm a little shorter than them uh so I got to play good defense now nah, uh I wouldn't I wouldn't last a minute on a professional basketball court Well you're you're a California guy so you're probably like prime time did you pay attention back when when Magic and those guys were playing Well see I was a little late to that party I was born in 94 um so I Okay I thanks missed... for joining us <laughs> <laughs> I missed uh, I missed all I missed all those legendary guys, including Michael Jordan. But um, yeah, my generation was uh, the Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe oh, yeah. Bryant and uh, Tim Duncan, LeBron James. You know, that was my generation. Even AI a little bit in my early youth. I, I like those guys great. Great, also. Uh, so, so you know, let's get into it. Let's get the tough question out of the way for you. You know, um, it, it, it's we can't help but notice you were not with the team in Hong Kong. Can you just talk about your current uh, playing status? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in a good place, both physically uh, and mentally. Uh, being that last season was as long as it was, starting in December and going yeah. all the way through the summer, uh, which is not the way things usually go for us. I played quite a few minutes over the last year, so and had a little bit of uh, not injury trouble in any sense. It was, you know, just the niggles that you get from uh, playing such a long season. So after the World Cup, they coaching staff uh, and and the medical staff came together and uh kind of told me that they wanted to rest me uh, for this one uh just so that you know we have a whole entire regular season 
uh, starting next month in Dubai with 10 more tournaments. This one in Hong Kong was an 11th that is not usually on our schedule. So they just wanted to give me a bit of rest going into a full season where, you know, things are pretty, you know, the pressure is high in it being an Olympic qualification season. So all the teams are going to be putting their best teams out there. Um, you know, throughout the rest of these 10 tournaments. And, you know, I'm sure I'll be playing a few minutes along the way. Yeah, and, and speaking of the physicality of the game, you've been ranked up there in the world, you know, top five number of times as far as tackles made. So obviously taking a toll on you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is my, you know, I've been pretty much on most tours since 2016. So, um, you know, six or seven years of sevens running is, is becomes pretty fatiguing over the, over the course of time. But yeah, I mean, that's my role in the team is to make a lot of tackles and be a defensive anchor. So, you know, I'm willing to do whatever the team needs and that's, you know, a lot of the time what they need from me. So yeah, there's a lot of tackles that come with that and the body gets sore from it, but you know, that's rugby. And fans, listeners, uh, to remind you, we'd love to have you come up here and ask um, any of us a question. Uh, to do so, just request in the bottom left. Uh, again, this this is for you guys. This is really, I mentioned earlier in the open, if you weren't there, this is, is a rare chance for you to get a chance to talk to guys like Steven here, and even a rarer chance to talk to me or Fitzy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but we'd love to have you come on up. Um, last night on the show with Will, we had some uh, really good questions. We even had someone come in from, I think, Belize, uh, who had some great questions, too. So come on up uh, and, and join us uh, anytime you want. We'll get you up here and we'll have your question asked or you'll ask. Let's go into Hong Kong Sevens. Uh, you know, it's the latest season of the HSBC World Rugby Sevens course. It just began. Um, good to see it back in Hong Kong. But it's a bit of a upside down world. I know it's extremely early. Uh, you know, New Zealand loses in the opening round. Samoa, um, Australia defeats Fiji for the gold. USA six. That's a good spot ahead of South Africa. And again, we're early in the round. But uh, talk about how it is. It's good to see the team back in Hong Kong, or good to have Hong Kong back. Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong historically is the best tournament. Everyone looks forward to it each year. Uh, so getting it back on the schedule is massive, uh, not only for sevens but for the players within the within the teams. It's it's a magical experience getting to play there. It's one of those things that unless you've been to the Hong Kong sevens, it's hard to quite give it the praise that it deserves uh so having it back on the world series is awesome um as for our boys i mean i'm super proud of the way they played last weekend um you know four debutants on the team uh, another you know five or six guys that have less than 10 caps um and they went out there and got us out of the pool um and you know they were in that quarterfinal game against france um and unfortunately i think france was just a little bit better than us in that one um you know bounced back to beat ireland which is i i don't know if fans understand just how hard it is to get up for you know the fifth game of the tournament right after you lose a quarterfinal you know that you're not playing for anything other than points at that point but yeah i mean you said it right at the beginning about how new zealand dropped and um you know, Australia wins, we finish six. I think it just goes to show just how deep the World Series is now compared to what where it was in the past. And even when I started playing in 2013, just how more competitive the series is across the board. And, you know, you really do have to play your you know best game each game if you want to if you want to win and make it out of pools and into finals rounds and you know with it being a top four season that is the focus is making it to semifinals and um uh you know we need to finish in the top four to automatically qualify and make our lives easier next summer so uh i think i think the world series is in a great place right now i think that it's more competitive than it's ever been uh i think you know you could 
you New Zealand's gone down to the bottom eight in two tournaments now in the last what six or seven months and that's something that had never happened before and you know they're still a great team I think it just shows how everybody else has now come up to their level right all right let's jump to our first fan uh Ryan Kirby good to see you again hey Bill good to see you uh sorry guys I'm driving to work right now but Steve hey I uh I appreciate you guys doing this I really do um just got two short questions real quick so the first question I have Steve you know I was in your stream watching the game, you know, matches with you over the weekend. Um, and I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, with Coach Friday talking about the, the repping and, you know, him talking on Twitter, you know, gotta, I got to ask, what's what's going on with the repping? Is it just being questionable right now? Are there like a bunch of new guys? And then the second question I have is, you know, if we don't make the top four, I know this is a young team. I'm not. You know, I, I'm very hopeful for them, but if, if we don't make the top four, what would then be on our next, like, radar to get to the Olympic tournament? Okay, let's start with the ref question. So I'm going to start off by saying that I think uh, refing sevens is extremely difficult and how fast the game is and how quickly calls are required. Um, with that being said, I... There are slight inconsistencies, um, and it's the beginning of the season. You know, the refs obviously are managed by Craig Jobert, uh, an all-time great ref in the 15s game and 7s game. So, as the turn as the tournaments go on, they'll tighten they'll tighten up and discuss things and review games with these guys. Um, overall, it is a somewhat newish crew. Um, we've had a lot of guys move on to the 15s game as ARs and, you know, even main field refs, which is awesome. Um, it's showing that that these refs are actually pretty good. I think I do think the sevens part of it, how fast the game is, it makes calls tougher. It just does. Um, you really can't wait to make a call. And there's certain rules that fans may not understand that are relayed to us, um, slight intricacies in certain parts of the game. Um, I think I think the inconsistencies will, jo- will go down. It's... Like I said, they'll be doing a lot of reviewing, but I, I I just come back to the point where I do think it is really hard to ref sevens, and I don't think we give them a left leniency in that aspect. But in the end, they are refs; it is their job to make the right calls, and it can be frustrating when they don't. Trust me, I'm not one to hold my tongue too often uh, on the field, and just when the emotions are high. Um, and you know, I've had to apologize in the past, and it's it's. You know, it's just part of the game. People miss calls. It's part of the game. If you're losing a game because of, you know, one call, it may be time to look inside and and figure out what other things in the game could have been done to to make sure that that call didn't affect it the way that did. Uh, To answer your second question, so if we we weren't to place in the top four this season, usually the way it's worked in the past is that the the NACRA qualifier – which consists of all the North American countries, was played in either, I think, late June or early July. Um, At least for the 2016 Olympics, it was. Obviously, 2020, we qualified in the top four, so we didn't have to worry about it. But the way it is on the schedule this next year is we don't play until for that qualifier, if we do have to play in it, until November. Um, And then we'll have the Pan Am Games, which... For those of you guys who don't know, the Pan Am Games are basically a North and South America Olympics that offsets the actual Olympics. So, you know, the major like 
teams, and that one would be Argentina, us, and Canada. So we'll be playing in that in October as what would be considered like, you know, it's a big tournament in itself, but a warm-up for the qualifier in November. Um, and so that's kind of what the landscape looks like if we aren't to place top four. But, you know, I'm I'm like you, Ryan, I'm I'm hopeful and confident that, that we have a good shot at it this year, um, getting a lot of the guys back that we – getting a lot of the guys that we have coming back for Dubai, a um, couple injuries, a couple guys that had to miss for school or uh, someone like me who's been rested. We're going to be getting a few guys back that, you know, will, will you know help us even more. Thanks for that question, Ryan. Ryan, for those who don't know, Ryan is certainly a USA Rugby 7 super fan. That guy is all over Twitter. So, Ryan, I'm sure everyone loves uh, your support. Stephen, you mentioned a little bit, you know, getting some, some some guys back. You know, you talked about how you started this season, kind of rested. Was that a similar situation with some of the some of the other players, guys like um, Kayvon and, and Joe? Was that more of a resting some injuries, knowing that it's going to be a long season ahead? Uh, no, for them it's a bit of a different situation because they, they both uh, broke their legs and um, was it – july and august respectively or maybe even later august and september respectively so they um you know they're just going through the natural progression of coming back from from an injury like that um they wouldn't have been ready for this tournament um either way um so you know their their situation is a little bit different than mine but we'll be coming back full force for for dubai and you know the what's so great about how the boys played in hong kong is it shows i think it shows you guys a bit just how the depth is building in, in usa rugby sevens and you know obviously we had a lot of guys move on after the olympics um you know that group that we had was together for six or seven years so when those guys move on and, and COVID hurt us in this sense as well but um you know we we needed to develop guys and we needed to start developing them quickly and you know now now some of those guys that were in hong kong are going to be you know major players for us throughout the rest of the season and um you know it just shows you the depth is really building for us mm-hmm. yeah we, we're excited to see some of these newer players come on and, and, and pop on the scene but we'd be remiss not to mention you know you talk about some of the players that have moved on after afterwards but the legend full out right Let, let's talk about him talk about the impact that he has had on this program you know other than that massive head of lettuce you know personally for you what, what kind of impact did he have on, on you and the program oh man this is a really good question this uh, Falau probably as one player had the biggest impact on our program of anybody I think since I've been in the team so almost 10 years he not only had an impact on our program, but on the the game in general, you know, he was the first kicker to be able to kick accurately off of both of his feet come kickoff time. And it completely revolutionized our game. Um, And, you know, other teams, you've seen other teams now with guys who have started to do it. And we've had even younger guys coming through the program that started kicking with both feet because of Falau. Um, So I mean, I mean, he, he was the general of our team in terms of on-field play. Uh, he controlled the game. And, you know, I I don't think that there are many people like him in the world that, that can control a game the way that he does as a kind of a quarterback type of personality. Um, someone else that I would say is similar is like Jerry Tuai with, with Fiji. And it's one of those guys where you when you take him off the field, things are just a little bit different. 
you know, when he's on the field, you know things are going to be run a certain way. You understand how he plays and, and the effectiveness of which he plays. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, and I've said, I said this on my Twitch stream the other night, he's the greatest, like, USA Rugby Sevens player ever. I got to work with him every day over the last, you know, nine years. Um, and from a personal standpoint, he's the one that taught me how to love rugby or maybe not how to love rugby, but taught me what it looked like to, to truly love the game. Because when I came in first into the team, I had only been playing rugby for about 18 months. Um, and so it, I was 19 years old. A lot of it was the hype that I enjoyed of being on the national team game to possibly play in the Olympics someday. Um, and then watching him every day and how he approached his work and how much he just loved to play rugby really showed me that it was a lot more than just um, what I understood it as in terms of, you know, what rugby was meant to mean to me. And yeah, I mean, he's had a major influence on, on my life. I, tried to pick uh, little parts of his game to add to mine. Um, but, you know, that's hard to do when he's such an incredible player. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very close with Flau. I I think very highly of Flau as a person, as a rugby player. Um, if you've got – if anybody in here knows him as a person, you know he's the most quiet, humble guy. But there's nobody that you want on the field with you um, other than him because you know he's going to leave his body out there for you. Um, and you know how much he cares. And I think that I think that you can be a better player on something like the World Series when you have a heart like that. Um, if you don't care about the game as much as somebody like Falau, I don't think you can ever be quite as good as him because no matter how much how good your skills are or you know how big and physical you are, um, you know there's just a part of it that comes down to desire and heart and that guy had, you know, all of it and more. So, yeah, Falau is an amazing person, amazing player, revolutionized our program and, you know, quite literally led our program from the front um, on the field for a very long time. Well, I know who's doing his induction speech when he gets into the USA. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be a that would be a huge honor. I mean, he yeah, I, I could go on and on about Falau and, and with certain stories and situations. But, you know, he's a very special, special player. Well, hey, fans, real quick, we we do want you all to come up and ask some questions. Uh, Steve is full of, of great answers here and it's been great so far. And on cue is our friend Corey from Beer, Beer, Beer. Hi, how's it going, guys? Uh, Bill, first off, uh, Toyota Park is now Seat Geek in Chicago. Nope. Um, I don't and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I live in Chicago and very excited uh, for the new team. Yes. Uh, but, Steven, um, big fan. I uh, love watching you guys play. Uh, question is Do you have any from any other countries, a player, either past or present, that you consider a rival? And it could be good natured or or negative. <laughs> Ooh, good, good question. So I guess I don't know if I would consider him a rival, but someone that I really looked up to and learned a lot from being a, like playing hooker in sevens was Phil Burgess from England, um, who was a great, great player for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. That's more of like a friendly rivalry. Uh, we we were always, I mean, not always, but as I, my career grew, um, we became closer. And, uh, you know, we looked forward to playing against each other. Another one like that is Henry Hutchinson from Australia. Um, I have quite a good relationship with him, but personally, I would consider us two of the best hookers in the world. So whenever we do get on the field and get to play against each other, you know, he he's he's a plays at a very high standard and I consider myself too as well. So, um, you know, wanting to come out of that game 
you know, as the one who played better is, is a big motivator, but it's, it's friendly. I've, I've never had a, I've never had like a serious rivalry with somebody where I just like couldn't stand anything about them. You know, I, we spend so much time in the same hotels and training pitches on the world series that you get to know people a bit and get to know their personalities. And, you know, for the most part, they're all good people. Um, so the rivalries that I've kind of, had over the years were friendly competition rivalries and um you know those ones are healthy thank you Corey. appreciate that okay another listener dev hey yeah um so my question is about uh post sevens team like uh how is the the creation of the mlr and you know some people i know i love kelter and a few other people have gone overseas after leaving the sevens team um, so, you know, what, what are the, how, how, how do people on the team think about that now? And Steve, I know you're committed to getting through the next Olympics, but how much do you think about what you're going to do afterwards? Yeah, it's a good question, Dav. One I have to think about for a second here. I mean, for me personally, I, the sevens team is my life. And, you know, since I was 18 years old, I've been at the training center full time. Um, so I don't look too far past the sevens team for the time being. Um, you know, I'm going to go through the 24 games and then, you know, take a little bit of time to myself and reassess exactly what I want to do, whether if I want to go for another quad for 2028 or, uh, you know, move on to the 15s games. I, I really do miss, miss playing 15s. I haven't played in a 15s game since I was capped against Russia in 2016. So it's been a long time. Um, and, you know, I kind of forget just how amazing of a game it is but uh i still watch a ton of 15s and was watching our boys this weekend and and love the game and it's in itself i've just uh, sevens has been my love um and so i you know once my sevens career is finished there there is a chance that i will get go to play maybe in the mlr it's a bit tougher for somebody like me to go overseas that um you know those overseas clubs most of the time want somebody that is, you know, playing 15s consistently and, and has a pedigree in that side of the game. Um, but, you know, as the MLR continues to grow over the next few years and, um, you know, hopefully things like what you guys will talk with Michael Young about will be resolved and, um, you know, will be something that we no longer have to hear about. You know, the MLR is definitely an option post sevens career. And, uh, you know, I would love to play in something domestically. That's something that, you know, with the sevens team, you don't get. And so, you know, a domestic league like the, like the MLR would be something I think I'd really enjoy because um, as much as we've gotten to travel all over the world and play, I really haven't done much playing in the United States in various places. So, you know, that part of it excites me and um, is something I'll definitely be looking looking to possibly do after the 24 games maybe or even after 2028 but it's hard to speak for the rest of the boys I, you know we have guys that come into our program from mlr teams you know I, I think the level that we play at on the world series is is pretty high um to leave the world series to go you know play in the mlr i I'm, it's not not at all taking a step back but it is a different game um and the speed of the game and the involvement that you have is not quite what it is in sevens and i know that the guys that we have in our program right now, um, you know, really enjoy the sevens game as well for, for that in terms of what, how much impact you can have on a game. And, you know, it's nonstop. You get a lot of involvements in every, in every game, but um, you know, the, what's great about the MLR and um, you know, is it gives our 15s boys somewhere to play consistently. Um, that is a high level and it opens doors for the youth to see that there's, more options 
than just playing straight for the national team. Like when I was coming through the ranks, it was like, you know, professionalism and rugby was the 15s or 7s team and that was it. Um, so now it, it, for the for the younger kids that are coming through and, and for the guys that are that age now, um, you know, it gives them the opportunity to play professionally um, and to possibly go overseas after that. You know, there's been guys in the MLR that have, gotten contracted big contracts overseas playing in England or France or places like that. And, um, you know, it, that's one of the things that I think is the best about the MLR is it opens doors to other avenues and gives, gives young rugby players something to look forward to outside of the national teams. So Steven, uh, two more light questions for you and we'll let you go. Yeah. No worries. Uh, well, is another fan question from a kid. His name is uh, will Hooley. <laughs> He said he had a, he had a run out to an event, but uh, and he also, if you don't know this, uh, some of you, some of you don't know this, but he actually played a bit of sevens over in Europe. Anyway, he knows where he is. He's a 15s guy. <laughs> uh, he asked, he wants to know what your favorite tournament on the tour is, and also where is uh, your favorite place for a post tournament chill out slash beer. Okay, so my favorite tournament is Hong Kong. I think I think if you ask yeah. all the rugby like the sevens players in the world, I think 95 percent of them are going to give you that answer. Hong Kong is. People call it the Super Bowl of Sevens. I've had people that I know people that have gone to the Hong Kong Sevens and gone to Super Bowls and say that the Hong Kong Sevens is better. It's not just a rugby tournament; it's an entire city turning up for for the event. It's their biggest. It's Hong Kong's biggest sporting event of the year, so it means a lot to the people there um, and all the expats that do live in Hong Kong. And you know the, where the stadium is situated is is one thing that is people probably don't really understand. Is it's like on the edge of downtown between downtown and the mountains of Hong Kong. So you look out of the stadium and you have all these tall skyscrapers and you look out the other end and it's like mountainous, beautiful landscape. Um, so it's, it's everything from the atmosphere to the people, to the scenes, to, you know, just how passionate the fans there are about it. It makes it a great tournament. Um, Ooh, my favorite place for a post-match get-together. Um, let me think. South Africa is pretty awesome. I mean, South Africa is right up there with with Hong Kong. Um, you know, it's probably second to Hong Kong in the best tournament that we get to play in. The The atmosphere after the tournament is really fun in, in Cape Town. Um, you know, they the, the tournament organizers and, and the people around do a good job of setting stuff up for the teams. And um, that's a lot of fun trying to run through. Oh, you know, what's a good place to go as well is Vancouver. Um, great oh. tournament, really great tournament. If you're, if you live in the United States and you, you know, have maybe looked at the Vancouver sevens tournament and thought maybe you should want to go at some point, I would highly, highly recommend it as a tournament. It is awesome. Great fans, great stadium. Um, and the nightlife there is pretty good as well. Um, we've had some fun in Vancouver after tournaments over the year. I bet. All right, Fitzy, wrap it up. Steven, one more to get you out of here. So you've been known over the last few years for having a variety of different hairstyles, and facial hair arrangements. You've got to tell us which one's been your favorite and do some of your teammates put you up on for some of the different hairstyles you've been sporting over the years? <laughs> That's, uh, I get this a lot. Um, <laughs> Which I think is funny because, like, what's great about having, like, being a dude is you can just grow your hair out and cut it <laughs> off and it'll grow back in a couple weeks or months. So, um, you know, I've always been willing to play with it and try new things. Oh, my favorite look that I've had, I don't, I don't know. I did, I had a pretty good beard at one point and, you know, I, 
I've I've rocked the mustache quite a bit through the years. Uh, it, it was actually the, the funniest probably weekend that I had with it was in Hong Kong in 2018. Um, I started off the first. It's a three day tournament, so I started off the first day with a full beard, and then the second day, like overnight, I shaved off kind of like the like the goatee of my beard. So I had like a Civil War like type of facial hair going for day two. And then between day two and three, I shaved off the sides and had like a soul patch and a mustache. So I had like a little conquistador. So that was probably my favorite uh, like weekend because I had pictures from all three days and it looked like different tournaments, but it was the same one because my facial hair was different in each. But no, I, I think in rugby in general, like people kind of have crazy hairstyles and like there's places like Dubai, like, I don't know if you know this, but Dubai is where like everybody brings out their best mustaches. It's kind of like an unwritten rule. Um, there's been some amazing mustaches in Dubai over the years. Like Matt Turner from England had a, had like the monkey tail one year. That was awesome. Um, so I think that's why you see so many people with mustaches and weird hairdos in Dubai, but no, my, my teammates like don't really put me up to any of them or give me crap about any of them you know they a lot of my teammates have great haircuts as well like joe schroeder had a beautiful mullet going through the olympics um and i think you might be seeing a return of that soon that kind of became his persona i think he misses it a bit but no i I think rugby in general has that like freedom aspect of it where people like try different stuff um with their hairstyles or um, I've just always embraced it and you know I've tried stuff and I've just you know it's not it's like when I had long hair you know that took me two years to grow out um, thank you COVID um, but you know a mustache or a beard or you know my normal hair I can cut that it'll be back in a month or two wow yeah I, I'm, I'm partial to the corn rolls anyway um, <laughs> was a good. lot of people were came back from the Bahamas on a, on a, a cruise or something <laughs> See, the thing with that, and I think a lot of people were impartial to that, which I understand. Like, I'm seeing a white dude with cornrows isn't something that you normally see. Um, Like, outside of a scrum cap, it really is the only way that you can play with long hair. Um, And uh, it was so hot in Japan that I, like, when we were there, it was so hot and humid that I was like, I'm not playing with a scrum cap. So, um, you know, one of the one of the women on the women's team is Tongan, you know, and so she's the one that did it for me. And, you know, I understand why people would be impartial about it. But, you know, I literally the only reason I did it was so that I could keep my hair down and it would stay for, you know, a three day tournament. But, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think the long hair will be coming back anytime, anytime soon. It, it's a process. I will tell you, I understand why women take such long showers to wash their hair now. So, you know, all the all the ladies out there, no judgment, no judgment to you from my side anymore. Uh, I, I completely understand. All right. Listen, uh, Stephen Thomasine, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, we look forward to seeing you back out there with the boys. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Dubai. We're going to go out there and give it everything we got. Have a good one. All right, you too. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, fans. Thank you for tuning in to this replay of Twitter Spaces USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half as well and previous shows here on the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast on your favorite podcast player. Also, special thanks to our sponsor, Myoderm. They help make this show possible. Myoderm is the leader in CBD products. Receive 20% off your order with the discount code EAGLES at myaderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Now, go check out the other shows.